WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 167, all about the Rings of Power, season one, episode two, Adrift, being the 167th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, but right now we are all experiencing rings of power for the first time together. And today we're keeping the ball rolling with amazing people I met through TikTok. Welcome back. The man, the myth, the legend behind Denny's. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie's roommate, also known as Justin. Welcome. Wow. Is that the only reason you invited me? Because of the Denny's connection? Yeah, oh, yeah you're the Denny's guy now. Actually, yeah. if you're listening to this right now, go follow Denny's. I made a funny Lord of the Rings video that not many people saw. I thought it was funny, but that's not the point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it a million times to give you those views. <laughs> so all, like, 3,000 were just from They America. were all me. <laughs> I, I get funny. so I get so excited every now and then when a Denny's video pops on my feed, and sometimes I'll I'll see like hands or something, and I'm like, oh, I think I know who that is. <laughs> Where <laughs> I'm like, I think me. I recognize those hands. Yeah, it's most of the time me. Like it's if someone's asked, does Denny's watch this? Does Denny's watch this? Yes, it's me. I'm the guy making those nerdy references because <laughs> I'm the only nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, so speaking of you being a nerd, you were Don Marshall's date to the uh, screening the in Don New York. Don Marshall had many dates. He was, well, I, I've never seen someone so good at a party than Don Marshall. He was, everyone knew that. They're like, Don, the Don, what's up, D? You know, like, literally, he was the coolest kid there. Not, I'm not joking. Like, the girl who played Galadriel walked up to Don was like, what's up, Don? And a whole secret handshake and everything. It was amazing. I was like, what? He had a secret handshake with Morphic Clark? No, I'm just exaggerating. Uh, but you can't say that kind of stuff to me. <laughs> no, take it to the tabloids. But no, like people, all the cast knew him. The showrunners knew him already. I was like, what? What, what do you mean? They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Don, we go way back. I'm like way back i thought we were in the second age what's going on like what's happening <laughs> don if you're listening props bro what a what a networker man what incredible but, but what about you rolling up on the red carpet with the cast okay that was a very funny story that was that was so embarrassing like literally so embarrassing because i didn't know i was going until the day before i didn't because i was in new york and Don was talking about it, like, oh, are you also going to New York? I'm like, yeah, I gotta do like the Denny's commercial thing, whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna be at the Rings of Power premiere. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, uh, I'm technically leave on Tuesday if I can convince my work to let me stay. Then yes, but I didn't know until the day before. I was like, I had a whole Carrie Bradshaw moment. I when I tell you, I'm not kidding. I went to a <laughs> suit shop and I was like. Guys, I need help finding a suit for a premiere tonight. And they're like, say no more. And I literally just grabbed the, like, the suit off of the rack. And I was like, it fits. It fits. Got in. Got, like, I was running from work trying to figure this out. Trying to, like, uh, I made the mistake of saying to the Uber driver, hey, I'm in a hurry. This 
stopped for gas. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was so pissed. He's like, oh, cool. You're in a hurry? Stops for gas. So I'm rushing. And then I'm texting Don. I'm like, I'm in line. I'm also texting Tori Fox, who's like, I'm in line. Where are you at? Where are you at? And Tori's like, oh, I waited to s- with a publicist. And they sent us over with the group. And I was like, cool, that's fine. So I get through the line, show them my COVID card, and the, I see the publicist. And she's like, oh, are you one of Don's friends? I was like, Don's friends? Okay, Don. Hell yeah. Okay, Don. And so I just immediately just put in the next group for, like, walking across the street for the cocktail party. So I didn't know who these people were. They just have the mask on. I'm just in a group of people. Like, but <laughs> that group was full of the cat was was the cast like ready because i was late i was late and so i walk in and then instantly people are like woo yeah and i'm like okay and i'm like wait a minute i was not invited to this i'm done marshall's date there's no (laughs) way and then literally because i felt so bad because i was such in a hurry i was like cutting people off i was like trying to like fast walk to the event i was fast walking past the cast idiot i was such an idiot and so don's like oh uh justin turn around meet the cast of the rings of power and i was like oh no <laughs> oh uh, no you guys oh. are going to be seeing um a new who who do you want to be a dwarf a <laughs> hobbit an elf Justin's gonna be showing up in season two. I'm, I am, I am definitely not because I need to hold it. If I would have known, I would have held doors. I would have, and so then I met Disa the dwarf. I also walked over with Morphid Clark and the guy who played Elrond. And I tell you, they are so tiny. Morphid and Elrond, like they were like tiny, tiny, like. Oh, they're short? Yeah. But, yeah, I embarrassed myself in front of the entire cast, and they probably think I'm a jerk because I didn't hold the door open for them, and now I feel bad. Because <laughs> you didn't bow down and get out of their way. At least I would have made, like, a, oh, what are you here? I would have made a joke or something, you know? Like, oh. <laughs> what if you had been, like, shoving them? At least you weren't shoving them aside, being like, I got to go to this premiere. Out of my way. <laughs> I was just, I was just so, like... What the f***, Justin? But it was fun. Thank you, Don Marshall, for inviting me. Yeah. Oh, my god. Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What a great experience that must have been to be a fly on the wall watching. Because, like, I'm sure a lot of things were happening there. But to be a fly on the wall just watching you (laughs) be like, are they clapping for me? For moi? For me? No, it couldn't be me. Uh, cause I, 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 I only got recognized through Don. No one was recognized Justin as like, I would have recognized you. Are you kidding me? I would have been like, that's my main man. They're like, oh, you part of Don's TTRPG show. That's my VeggieTales homie right there. (laughs) I was like, yes, I was on, uh, Don's DTRPG show. So like, that's the only time I, have you ever been recognized in public? Actually, yeah. Uh, I went. I was going to a coffee shop and I was checking out and the cashier was like, I I think I follow you on TikTok. And I was like, oh, like I was embarrassed because I was like, I can't believe you watched those dumb videos. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. You're a viral sensation, Mary Clay. Don't let anyone. I'm only viral when I'm talking about how how hot Aragorn is. Hey, aren't we all talking about Aragorn that way? You see, you're a real celebrity now. I don't know about that. That's what I'm talking about, podcast. I don't think so. The I think if I was a real celebrity, I would have been invited to these events. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! <laughs> <laughs>
Cut this. The shade. Anyway, so we are here to talk about Rings of Power, episode two. I'm kind of laughing to myself because the last time you were on, we were talking about what was it called? Bean, the Lord of the Beans. That's it. Another great adaptation of Tolkien's work. I almost said Beans of Power. (laughs) Genius. Now they have to do it. Someone has to do it. Anyway, and so yeah, and so now we're we're kind of fl- the other side of the coin of amazing adaptations is this million dollar Listen. Amazon show. <laughs> Listen, I'm not mad about it. I'm Oh my Jeez. gosh. Um yeah, first let's do a little bit of spoiler-free discussion. So if anyone listening to this episode hasn't watched Rings of Power yet, or maybe, I don't know, you're waiting to hear us convince you to watch it. I don't know. First, I'll just read like the very brief episode summary. Galadriel finds a new ally. Uh, debatable. Elrond she? faces a cold reception from an old friend. Nori endeavors to help a stranger. Arondir searches for answers while Bronwyn warns her people of a threat. So that's what's happening in this episode. I personally really, I, I think everyone really enjoyed episode two a lot more than episode one. Because really? it's really like getting, like the first episode, it's setting it up. It's like, ah, it's like, I want more, but this is where we get more. Um, and in particular, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, but there are dwarves in this episode. And I found that those scenes to be really satisfying. And I was I was really pleased to see more of these characters and to see the stories progressing a bit. How about you? I OK, general thoughts. I think the ending of the first episode, I think it catapulted my likeness of the show because it ended so good between them going through the undying was it the undying lands through the boat seam and galadriel yes yeah super high and the parts where the stranger like came the meteor man came and smashed everything up what a way to end it what a way to cue me up like to see the second episode so i did i didn't hate the first episode that ending just Gave it a lot more points <laughs> in oh, my yeah. enjoyment than I, you know what I mean? Because you're like watching, you're like, okay, okay. And then the ending is like, well, I have to watch the second episode. The second episode didn't have one of those endings. It didn't have like a stellar yeah. bomb drop. You know, not that it needed to, because the show was coming out week to week. But this episode was like, okay, this is what the show is about. This is what, here's what they do there, here, here's what they do over here. I'm still curious about how these storylines come together. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. If we're if even if we're going to see these storylines come together, you know? Yeah. If like what Galadriel is doing, going trying to find Sauron, if that's going to intersect with um what Arondir and Bronwyn are are trying to find like these mysteries of what's happening to the in the land of men. If if mm-hmm. those things are gonna intersect, if the stranger, aka Meteor Man, has anything to do with these things. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, what I don't want to happen is like, and all of these characters die, and then we never hear no. from them again. Because I feel as though don't don't spoil it. Don't you dare spoil it. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that so many of these characters, like Nori and Arondir and Bronwyn, are all original, and Halbrand. Oh, 
no, that's not a spoiler. Whatever. Um, <laughs> a lot of these characters are new characters. Mm. And so we don't know if they're going to die, if we're going to see them die a horrible death or not, you know? Yeah, I just, because don't make me care about the Harfoots and then kill them all. Oh. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I guess that's it. But the potential is there. You know what I mean? Don't set me up to care about these people and then red wedding them all right now. You know? I don't think they will do that. Okay, I have a lore question. <laughs> yes. Because part of the thing that I love about this episode was the dwarven home of Kazadub. I was like, yes. what a beautiful place. And I remembered, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that the bad place? Isn't this something, something bad happens here, right? Something. I can't put my, fi- oh my God. Oh no. I'm, I'm worried that the door is about to get red wedding and <laughs> just die off the face of this planet. I don't know how to, well, because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you see what became of the dwarves in The Hobbit, right? Yeah. And we see when we go into Moria in Lord of the Rings, we see what became of the dwarves there, some of whom were a part of Thorin's company from The Hobbit. So we know how they find their end. Um, so unfortunately, the dwarves don't have a great future (laughs) laid out for them. (laughs) No! Just by, and I don't think that, the thing is, though, is that I don't think, based on what we know from Lord of the Rings, I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler, but also maybe just don't think too much about it. Oh, no. Okay. I'm already thinking about it. Thanks a lot, It's okay, but not Deesa. Deesa's going to live forever. That's another thing. She, I'm pretty sure she's another original character. We don't know what's going to happen to her. She lives forever. You didn't see she her? She better. was in the Hobbit trilogy. She, she was that dwarf the over there. Or <laughs> yes, they take Deesa over to the Undying Lands. Phew. Um, okay, so now we'll move into talking about some spoilers from the episode so if you we're gonna go into more detail so if you don't want to hear that go away and then go watch and then come back and listen to us continue to to talk about this show our character rundown from who is in this episode it's um pretty much all the same characters from the previous episode some new characters we have i would say the biggest character that we're introduced to is durin the fourth if i'm reading my Mm. roman numerals correctly (laughs) prince durin i should say there's also his wife disa then we have halbrand who is a stranger uh, a shipwrecked very attractive grumpy brooding mysterious man (laughs) that galadriel finds shipwrecked I mean, excuse you, like, the moment he showed up and he, like, his hair was, like, blowing in the wind, I was like, that's my boy. I was like, I don't care if he, so many people have all these theories about, like, he's actually Sauron, and he's not who he says he is, and he is evil, and all this stuff, and I'm like, I don't care if he is Sauron. He's, I mean, canonically, Sauron was hot. Was he? Was Sauron a human? So that's the thing. Sauron can take on. He can take on many forms mm. because he's mm. some kind of um, evil deity. Is the easiest way to explain that. 
So in his human form, however, I will say in his human form, he is more canonically described as like the beauty of an elf. So he might look more like a Legolas is what some people are thinking. But I don't care either way. Halbrand, I'm here for it. <laughs> we see we see more of Celebrimbor, see more of the stranger. Um, and also a shout out that I didn't bring up in a previous episode is the I, I'm kind of referring to them as the the Harfoot elders. There's Haddock, who is their I guess they're like mayor or leader, and then the they're referred to as the sisters. But like I love their dynamics of them being like, oh, that star's a bad omen. What do you think that <laughs> means? I think we need to. I love their dynamics. I love them so much. So yeah, those are those are are who who we're talking about. And I say let's dive into. I I personally think the reveal and the bringing into the plot of the dwarves and bringing up Khazad Doom was I thought it, they did great. Chef's kiss. What a what a beautiful sight to see. Because okay, I if you remember my previous appearance, like team dwarf 1000% because number 1, I told the story beforehand. The Gimli is just as useful as Legolas. And I feel as though we have proof. But I have a concern. Do you think Elrond lost the rock smashing battle on purpose? Or do you think that he actually lost? So yeah, they're so um so setting setting the stage, Celebrimbor and Elrond are talking about how they're going to make something. Something of great power. We'll leave it at that. Um, and I love this little dig that <laughs> Celebrimbor gives at Elrond where he's like, I asked the king for a legion of smiths and he said no and he gave me you. Wow. <laughs> and Elrond is like, okay. <laughs> Rude. But continue. Fine, I'll get us our resources. Um, and so they go to visit Elrond's supposed best friend and they're walking over and I love the even the way that like Celebrimbor is described. He's like they sculpt the rock. They care for it as they do their elders. Um, they make it an art and Elrond is approaching and is like they'll greet us with horns and a grand feast and they knock in the door and he's like, we seek an audience with Prince Durin. And then we just hear a dwarf go, no. <laughs> and then slam the door. That's it. That's all you need. And so Elrond challenges them to this, I, I don't know what the dwarvish is, but um, this challenge to get inside. And he says, when he is leaving Celebrimbor, he says, like, you know, you go work on your craft Leave me to mine. Mm. So everything, I, I I believe everything he's doing is still genuine, like the connections and stuff that he's form, reforming with Durin and that the, the way he's connecting with Disa, I think those are genuine. Mm -hmm. However, I do think there is a, you know, some craftiness to that where he's like, I know how to get what I need from the dwarves. And so, yeah, they, they go in and they have this contest where they go back and forth smashing a rock. And eventually Elrond just forfeits. I don't know. I think it's an equal. I think he also realizes that D 
Durin is never going to give up and he is the stronger of the two. Mm. And I think like recognizing that is also going to get him more. Interesting. Because I was worried. Because I was like, number one, here's my two thoughts about it. If Elrond threw the competition on purpose and he did have a couple more swings in him, I'm going to be a little pissed. Because let the dwarves be good at something. Let them be good. If they can't- I think they... I think he does genuinely recognize that he mm-hmm. is good at this, and that's why he forfeited. Yeah, because, like, the way it was set up, because I, I just watched the episode, he, like, puts it, the hammer down, but then he does, like, a little look like, how's everyone reacting to this? If he did it on purpose, I'm going to be pissed. If Durin won and decidedly won, I'm, I'm curious as to w- what he thought he was going to get out of this, besides just, like, kicking him out. You know what I mean? Like, really? You're going to banish your own friend? Come on, dude. Come on. Like, really? I just I just want justice for the dwarves. Let them be strong. Let them actually be the experts in something. Instead of, like, well, elves can do it better. Elves can make all these jewels and stuff like that. I'm like, if that's the case, why do you need them? Well, and we should also, I do want to mention that Elrond says to Celebrimbor, have you thought about looking outside our race to do this? And so introducing this idea that, hey, maybe some other people know how to do this better. And that's why they go to the dwarves. And then when he, those shots when he's, like, I... It's miles better than any of the CGI um, of Erebor in the Hobbit trilogy of, like, the mines and the mountain and stuff. (laughs) Like, it genuinely, when they're walking through and they're the sweeping shots showing Khazad Doom, like, in its prime, and you see... Um, like waterfalls and they have a lift. Where was that lift when the fellowship was in Moria, by the way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been really helpful. Um, I thought like it, it looked great. Like I genuinely, I was like, they could have built this set. It, it almost looked like to me. That's that Bezos bucks, buddy. <laughs> it is those Bezos bucks, unfortunately. Um, as one of my former guests said, though, Good things can come out of the pockets of bad people. <laughs> Who said that? One of the melon heads. <laughs> I gotta go back. Either Dave or Johnny. Shout out to Dave and Johnny. You're the real ones. Yes. Yes, <laughs> shout out to them. Yeah, and when he... I, I think, to answer your question, I think it was a mixture of both. Mm. I think he recognized that... If he was going to, I think he realized that, like, whatever I've done to piss Durin off, me defeating him in this contest is not going to get me, he's just going to be more upset. Mm -hmm. And I think he was also, like, genuinely, like, wow, this is out of my element. Mm. Okay, cutting a little bit forward. Did he lose the, the wedding invite? Why wouldn't he come to his wedding? That's what I was. I was like, yeah, was he invited to the wedding? That's what. Yeah. yeah. So they go on. um, Durin is escorting him out and they have this full conversation where Elrond is like, it's only I've only been gone 20 years. What are you so mad about? And Durin's like, bro, you're an elf. I know 20 years is nothing to you, but it's something to me. I got married and I had kids in that lifetime and you missed it. You were supposedly one of my closest friends and you missed so much of my life. And I was kind of wondering, I'm like, well, 
Did you send out invite? Did you send to save the date? Because if date, you didn't, anything that's not entirely on Elrond, like, you know? He definitely did not send him an invitation. Because I feel like if he did, he would have showed up. He would have come. But at yeah. the same time, later in my notes, he said, I've known Elrond for half a century. 500 years is 20 years that long as opposed to 500 years. You're French for 500 years. I don't know if that was necessarily... I think he might have been hyperbolizing that. Mm. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. The problem is I don't know what the lifespan of a dwarf is. Let's see. Lifespan of a You're the expert. dwarf. <laughs> no, Google. I'm not looking up the lifespan of someone with dwarfism. <laughs> it's 200 years. So I think he might have been just exaggerating to say this is like we've known each other for so long. So mm. I don't think he. But at the same time, it's like if you are not close with someone or if you hadn't talked. I mean, you're hey, you're getting married next week. <laughs> that is a true statement. I am. Listeners, everyone go to Justin's registry. I'll link it in the episode <laughs> description. But it, it would be it, like you wouldn't yeah. invite someone to your wedding if you haven't spoken to them in you know, two or three years or five years or something. Mm. So it, it could have been that they hadn't spoken in a while. And Duran was like, well, if he's not making an effort to reach out, then why should I? Mm. And because I, I mean, have you done that with friends before? I've done that where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm kind of the one who's always reaching out to talk and yeah, see yeah. if we want to hang out. I'm going to stop doing that and see if this person takes over. And a lot of times they don't. And then that's when I'm like, oh, okay. I have slight beef for that because, yes, that may be true. But I think it's also true that friendships and all relationships of any kind have roles. In that someone does this more and someone does that. If you suddenly just stop and the other person's like, oh, I, I thought you had it. You know what I mean? Like, without a conversation of, hey, let's... I feel like I'm the one always reaching out, then you're the jerk. You know what I mean? Because you ghosted on. I don't, but the thing is, is that you shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to point out to my friend, hey, you never seem to reach out to me. Like, you never seem to mm. think, oh, hey, I haven't talked to Mary Clay in a while. Let me text her and see if she wants to. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, they text me and they make all the plans. It could just be as simple as like, hey, I haven't like we haven't caught up in a while. What's going on? But I, I get what you're saying, because I have had friendships fall through because I was the only one. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I think back and I look I'm like, was it worth it to at least say something to like stop this from happening? You know what I mean? Because we're not mind readers. I mean, I think that's the thing is I think the friendships that are worth it survive that kind of a phase. Mm. You can just pick where up you're... where you left off, you know, no matter yeah, how Yeah, or, um, yeah. So, well, and that's um, and that's kind of what we see with, what are their names? <laughs> Durin, Durin and Elrond. and Elrond. Your question about did he purposefully forfeit it, it I think it brings into play, like, is everything that Elrond did here like a calculation? Because yeah. he just sit, he just stands there and he listens to Durin yelling at him and being upset. And he doesn't try and brush it off and be like, oh, I was over doing important elf stuff, you know? He listens. And then he says, please, I would love to apologize to your wife and to your family. 
I think that was a very intended. I think he was. I think he does genuinely want to meet her and apologize and make those amends. But I also think it was very intentional because I think he knows that once I meet the wife, much like wives of any race, <laughs> she's not going to send me away without supper. You know, she she's mm. she's going to invite me to at least stay for dinner. Okay. I th- you're right. It was calculated. I agree with you that it was calculated. But at the same time, dwarven cooking, come on. It has to be good. It has to be good. The way He said salted pork and um, so much m- malted ale. I forget what he said. <laughs> Is that a thing? Some. I'm not a... I'm more of a cider seltzer girl, so I don't know what dwarves drink. Probably not. Something. Something. Probably not a white claw. Nope. Not at all. Um, Yeah. Probably some good feasts. I just, at the same time, I'm looking at the previews and you see like uh, Disa like singing like, but she doesn't seem like happy singing. I was like, I don't know. Is Dern going to die or some shit? I think it's, yeah. So we um, learn at... In this dinner scene, it's so, it's just so wonderfully domestic and it's so, it's just so heartwarming. I loved this scene. (laughs) There's a tree going in the, growing in the background and it's a sapling that Elrond had given to Durin as a gift and everyone made fun of him for trying to grow it in the dark and Elrond says, how can a tree like that not grow where there is love. And in a home mm. like yours, there is much of it. And I was like, yes, you're right. Mm. There is so much love. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a pretty tree. It had yellow leaves. And it was like, all right. You think that was a pretty tree? <laughs> I don't think it was a pretty tree. No. I was like, mm. eh, I'm underwhelmed. But, you know, they're in a cave. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, and during this dinner, we learn a little bit more about the dwarven craft and how they, she mentions that she was part, they met because she was part of a crew and they were resonating mm. a cavern or something. And I forget the exact way that they describe it, but yeah, they say, I, as we've seen from other clips, I believe we'll see some more of that in action. But I, I take it to be a very, and I think Elrond says too, like, oh, that's very, like, not serious, but like, what a, like, beautiful, like, ancient craft to mm-hmm. to hone, you know? Also, okay, so I have you had the black people in Middle Earth conversation yet? <laughs> I mean, it depends. There's been a variety of them. It was one of the things where I noticed. I was like, hmm, interesting. Rewinding just a little bit. Because I think it's... I I was talking to, like, the Amazon people at the premiere. And they were like, what do you think about the diversity in this show? And I was like, I'm worried. I'm worried. And they're like, what? But we have, like, this person, this person. I was like, I'm worried. Because it's not enough just to have black people exist in this world. It's also interesting because I think it tells a lot about the people where they're placed. You know what I mean? Like it's true. Mm-hmm. So when I see uh, <laughs> that Harfoots in um, rags and kind of like with a nappy hair, and I was like, oh, okay, this has the potential to be minstrel-like. You know? Yeah, it I see what you mean there. But. We also have a black elf with a fade. <laughs> we also have 
a queen of Numenor, but we haven't seen her yet. But we also yeah, I don't think have a her. black dwarf. But specifically, what that dwarf is, which she talks about singing to the rock and stuff like that, I was like, is she going to do like a gospel choir hymn? You know what I mean? But like things that are part of black culture, like singing, mm-hmm. specifically in large groups, and like cooking. I was like, interesting how they made her that character, that black character. Not that she did anything racist or anything. I was like, interesting how they're like, that's that's where we can put a black person. But, but Durin remains white. You know what I mean? I was like, hmm, yeah, interesting. I, you know? It's like, and it's something that I see happen a lot with um, female representation, too. I'm going to mm. ma- make a, a comparison, maybe, where, like, a lot of people be like, well, you can't complain that this doesn't have representation because mm-hmm. look at this one really cool, strong chick. And I feel like the equivalent that we're seeing kind of in this series is like, well, we can't be mad that there's not diversity because we have... A black black character (laughs) is the queen and a black character is a princess and they're all in these like positions of power and they're not like, you know, and so it's like elevating them to these positions where they're seen and they're very important, like their status is important, but we're still not going to like Galadriel is still white. Uh, Elrond, Celebrimbor, like everyone from the original lore is still white. The I, I would say like the bare mm-hmm. minimum exception, there's one black Harfoot. Actually, no, I take that back because I think there are a few other Harfoots that we see of different skin tones. Mm-hmm. But they are described as having browner skin. I think is from is like verbatim that Tolkien wrote. So I think that's like the one quote unquote exception that we're seeing from these like Tolkien lore characters. And so I think it is very pointed that they did not quote unquote mess with the, you know, Tolkien lore. I think that's very intentional if that's like what you meant. It is and it isn't as in like, I just think it's interesting on which characters they decide to, to make black. Like, I think it's interesting how they made the black elf. What's his name? Um, Arondir. Arondir go through, like, oh, the you people conversation. Yeah, actually, Nubeta talked a lot about that scene in the previous episode. It's like, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, we don't live in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a very... I think that a lot of times when people make movies and television shows, they use shorthand, cinematic shorthand, to just tell you things about the characters so they don't have to waste time doing it in the script. Like, uh, a nerdy character wears glasses. That's how you know they're nerdy. You know what I mean? So, I do think that it's intentional that they made the Black Elf go through the you people conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay. All right. It is, yeah. I'm not it's mad like about it. like, they couldn't have maybe written some other language or, cra- you know, scripted something else to convey this tension between the men and the elves. You know, like, there are a lot of other ways to convey that, too. You know what? I, here's a test. Here's a test. Um, I always know when a white person has writes a racially tense, tense scene. Here's a test. You, 
You'll know it when you see it. Because they'll always try to replace the N-word. They always will. They always, like, you know, they, they think that there's an equivalent, you know? Like, they'll be like, look at you, knife ears. Or like, look at you, insert slur. And I'm like, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> they always try to do It's so funny because, like, there is, there is no equivalent to the N-word. But every time a white person tries to write, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, it, it's definitely like, I mean, kind of like what you were saying of like using shorthand to yes. convey something really quick. And like, like what you were saying, like knife ears and pointy ears and stuff like that's, that was their way of conveying really quick that there's <laughs> some tensions racist. here. Yeah, like who's racist towards whom at this point? We don't even know because... They're all over the place of like yeah. the men are see that scene makes me it doesn't make me that whole situation makes me defensive of the men because it's like but literally all of the people that you're that the elves are mad at died thousands of years ago. True. But also true. like from the elves perspective, why you can see why they would be hesitant to try anyway, anyway, but I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Are the elves in this scenario, the warden, are they superheroes or are they cops? <laughs> you know um, what I'm trying to say? I know. It, like, think about it. It's like, they're like, oh, these it's guys. It's like both. Like, you know, like the humans are like, oh, definitely, these guys. I mean, definitely in the first episode, you definitely get this impression that, like, they're cops patrolling on a neighborhood that doesn't... They are- <laughs> They had the it's two that, people, like they had the buddy Remember cops. the TikTok sound that everyone auto-tuned a couple years ago? The black neighborhoods are over-police, so of course they <laughs> have higher rates of crime. <laughs> are That's they just like coming to mind. It's, 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 anyway. Because they, they were, they were written like cops. You had like the buddy cop, and they're like, they're stopping to get something to eat. They're getting hassled. Like, you're not from right. I'm like. It, it does come across as like buddy buddy cop. Yeah. They have the buddy cops. They're going to a neighborhood they're unfamiliar with. They have their pieces and their, their bulletproof wood, you know. But at the same time, it's like when, when trouble calls, you call an elf, the wardens. And they like do like the elf shit, whatever. I didn't really I mean? get the impression that it's like, oh, no, there's trouble in the neighborhood. Put up the bat, put up the elf symbol, put up the Batman logo, you know, in the sky. Um, I think that, by the way, I think if they were to have a Batman equivalent of what it, mm. is it just the Batman's the bat signal? Is that what it's called? It's it, I mean, you have like two pointy elf ears. <laughs> that's what i was thinking exactly that of it's just two elf it's just two elf ears in the sky anyway um i i, don't, I would say they're more they're more just like soldiers during mm. occupation peacetime yeah occupy yeah occupied mm. occupied territory that's honestly kind of what i was getting interesting doesn't make it better at the same time. And then no it doesn't make it any better so okay so that's a you know what let's naturally shift over now to bronwyn and aaron deer um who we kind of accidentally glossed over in the previous episode whoops Oof. um the steamiest who are you fanning for bronwyn or aaron deer listen i i'm a i'm a good i'm a fan of elf human relationships Cause this, oh my gosh! If they don't make out right now, Lord. Okay, here's here's my thing. 
is that so when we see them in the show, their romance, but not really romance, has already been like it's already been established rather than mm. like us seeing them go through that connection. And I would have re- granted we're only on the second episode, but I really would have loved to see more like what is it about their connection that drew them to each other in a romantic way? Like what like I would like to see more to that where I I don't necessarily other than like they play off like the longing glances I get and that moment when Bronwyn is turning to leave to go back to her village and then he grabs her to bring her back in. I was like, oh, my God, kiss, kiss. No one's around. Kiss. (laughs) Um, And then they don't. But aside from that, I was like, I want to see more of this romance so that it's believable. Mary Clay, did you get a look at those other humans? What When you have super hot elf or Waldrick, who doesn't believe orcs exist in fucking Middle Earth, get the f*** out of here. It's this not even competition. You know? I guess this is true. Like, if you're a young woman in your village, in that village, if all of a sudden some smoking hot elves walk into your tavern and... One of the um, Poppy, the other Harfoot girl, says in this episode when they're carrying the stranger and they're wondering about what he is and they say, well, maybe he's el- he's an elf. And she says, no, he's not handsome. <laughs> so the fact that like it's canonical in this universe that the elves are good looking and attractive, I can see how immediately your eyes would turn to some elves walking in the room. There's not a lot of competition. You, you either got him or you got fish guy. Like, come on. Or that weird racist kid. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got. Come on, man. Like, I don't blame her one bit. But she had to have met someone because she has a son. Oh, are you team um, Halbrand is Theo's dad? I didn't know that. Well, that's who I was wondering is I was like, well, who is his dad? Yeah. Oh, wait, no one has talked to you about this? Am I the first person? No, I haven't heard that <gasps> okay, yet. Okay, okay, okay. Well, actually, hold on to that. That's another thing is that I don't believe that it's not that I think the show is lying to me. It's that I don't think it's a believable relationship that Bronwyn and Theo are mother and son because she she doesn't seem to be a very mothering person towards Mm. Theo. And she's also not that like you can't have children when you're young, but she looks so young that he seems too old to be her son. Mm. Unless it was a six MTV 16 pregnant situation, you know, <laughs> which it could it easily could have been. And there are moments where like she doesn't like when she walks into the house and it's destroyed and she finds she she's not she doesn't seem like panicked. And when she opens the door and find like when they find Theo, she doesn't seem like, oh, my gosh, like, come with me. And he says, run. And she immediately runs away rather than being like, no, come with me or something, you know. And then she's second thought and is like, no, I'm going to stay here and see what see what this is. And I guess protect my son, you know, so like <laughs> their their relationship is just I'm not really it doesn't seem like a very it, they're almost played more like a brother and sister. Really? Okay, we all mother in our own ways. But come on, like, I, how old is the actress? That might help. I don't think she has to be his mom to be maternal. I, I agree with you that. Like, the most we see of, like, 
her taking care of him is in the first episode when she makes together some kind of like spice mixture and he goes to put it all on his food and she says like not all at once wait and that's kind of all you see question do we know do we remember what the racist kid said to theo in the barn because he was like you don't know what happened to your dad do did did he also say oh your mom is this and the other you know what was the conversation you know what I'm talking about? Because if he did, because he could have said, "Oh, yeah, your your um your dad left your mom or something." What was his exact words? Also, the actress is 42, so what? Yeah, she looks great. No, <laughs> she's 42. No. She could definitely have a six-year-old kid. She looks 30. At Hollywood, baby, Hollywood, or is it some kind of secret Lord of the Rings? I am juice? stunned. Then she's an elf. <laughs> In real life. In real life. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, anyway. Um, okay, so yeah, Bronwyn and, and Arondir, when they get to the village that they have been investigating, it's destroyed. There are no survivors, no bodies even. They're like, this is weird. Mm. They find a tunnel, and Arondir's like, I'm going to go investigate. Bronwyn is going to go warn her village. And when she gets home, no, they're like, we're just supposed to take your word for it. And she's like, uh, yeah. And they're like, well, too bad. You're a woman and <laughs> we're not going to listen to you. And so, yeah, she goes back and there's this orc creature that comes in and, and attacks their home and it attacks them. I got like huge horror movie vibes from like this part of the story with Aaron Deer when he's crawling through the tunnel and he's something's behind him and then he's trying to squeeze through the tiny parts and you're getting that claustrophobia and the rats are crawling by him and then at the end of the tunnel some hands reach from behind him and snatch him and then in their house this really creepy creature and it has some kind of like skull helmet on Mm -hmm. What what did you think of all of that? I thought it was very well done if they were trying to invoke feelings of, like, suspense and, like, thriller horror. I enjoyed it because I remembered, I was like, if you think back to the, any Lord of the Rings media, these these orcs go down, like paper you know like they they go down like flies it's literally the most easiest scene to kill an orc like you could cut off their heads you can cut off anything boom bad boom bad boom easy peasy lemon squeezy tell that to boromir you know what okay those are those were special kinds of i don't know anyway but then i remember oh wait they're regular regular people they don't (laughs) they're not weapon trained they can't oh and that's what a great way to remind us that orcs can be a threat. They are threatening. An army of those people against regular people, it, they're going to get creamed. It's I appreciate that we're not dealing with super people, superheroes all the time, you know? And that's one of the beautiful things about Lord of the Rings specifically, that you see, like, the most uncapable people have to deal with the worst in the world. So that felt very Tolkien to me. Props to Bronwyn for taking it out and doing, like, the cutting off the head. Like, you can't stab them. You can't hang them. Like, wow. What a great scene. Sorry, I rambled. (laughs) 
No. Have you not listened to me this entire episode rambling? <laughs> You're professional at it. Make it sound cool. What a, I love that moment where you see her swing to cut the head off and then it immediately cuts to her slamming the head on the bar and going, how's that for proof? And then she goes, if anyone wants to survive... Meet at the watchtower at dawn. We're out of here. Easy. Like, that's. I'm surprised more people don't leave. If I lived, lived in Middle Earth, I would leave all the time. Oh, wait, there's what happening? Sauron's back? I'm out. I'm peace. Leave where? Where? L- leave. Go Go somewhere. Go anywhere. Anywhere. I think the Harfoots have it, have a system down. Exactly. What were we just talking? Oh, yeah. Aaron, Deer, and Bronwyn. Yeah. Any other thoughts about them? Um, I think Theo is is dumb because he has a magic sword and he didn't go to use it. <laughs> he didn't know it was magic. Yeah. Right as they're leaving, Theo grabs the broken blade of what he had found in like the floorboards of a barn that has like a Sauron symbol on it. And a cut on his arm bleeds and touches it. And it like forms the rest of the blade in smoke. Mm. And that's concerning to me. I do have a question. Yes. Do you think the orcs are looking for the blade? Or do you think they were pillaging? <gasps> Just like pillaging, you know? Because if Theo brings the blade with them, they're screwed no matter where they go. But is it one of those things where like orcs are back anyways? And maybe you can use it, maybe not. You know what I mean? That's a really good point, I think. That the orcs could be looking, because obviously that blade is somehow connected to Sauron. And so maybe they've been sent out to try and find it and collect it for him. If you're Sauron, why do you send orcs to do your... Well, actually, that's every bad guy. (laughs) That's every bad guy. And also, I'm worried that it may not be a sword. Because we get a clip of Sauron, like, in a hot second in the first episode with all of his armor on. And he has a staff. And I'm wondering. Oh, it could be a staff. Does it just keep growing? I don't know. Like a spear or something? Maybe every time Theo does something annoying. Bad he's not annoying. Like Bad, yeah. I'm just... He just reminds me of a lot of children in horror movies where it's like, obviously the child is possessed. <laughs> obviously the demon is going after the child. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see like what else happens with that sword and and Theo and if the orcs are trying to find it. I love that theory. Um don't present it to any of the other lore people cuz they'll crush it in a minute. That's what I found. Any really? fun theories I come up with, they're like, "Well, actually that's already been disproved." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Okay. I bet it was done. But it was done. <laughs> It's mostly just, like, I have realized how rudimentary my theories and predictions are compared to theirs. Your rudimentary? If I, if your rudimentary, I know nothing. I'm Stone Age. Are you kidding me? That theory <laughs> that you have about the orcs trying to find that blade, that's 20 times better than anything I've cut. Like, my mind is blank. I have no clue what's going to happen in the future episodes. I have, None. You're the lore expert. I am not an expert. At all, by any means. The whole stick. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I I know nothing. I don't know anything. Because the because re- I'm thinking like, is it it going back to a previous? Am I allowed to t- say my theory that I said earlier? Is now the time to say it? Well, let's dive in. <laughs> pun intended. Transition to to what is what is Galadriel doing in this episode? 
swimming. Swimming. She's just swimming. Um, I'm gonna make it the meme for for this episode, but. At the begin, the episode opens with Galadriel just like floating in the water, and it's at like at the end of Finding Nemo with the fish going. Now what? Now what? You- <laughs> and you can see where she's like, she has a moment of like, well, I guess I swim. <laughs> I guess sw- you're not gonna sink to the bottom. I'm like, damn, Galadriel, you didn't have a plan B. Nothing. No, damn. No. Okay, I get it. I so get it. she swims and comes across a shipwreck of a, a few people. And they're immediately suspicious of her. And then a sea monster comes after them. And Halbrand, this one, you Robo know Mary. he's the one who's going to stick out. Because he he's on like a little raft kind of by himself, but it's tied on to the rest of the group. And he's kind of like mysterious and he has some he has some scruff <laughs> and his hair is blow like there have been shipwrecked but his hair is still beautiful and when the monster comes back to attack them they push Galadriel back into the water because they think she's done it you see Halbrand untie himself from the rest of the group and they're all eaten and Halbrand goes and pulls Galadriel back up onto the ship. This is where I'm very confused. My feelings are so conflicted and thoughts are conflicted because we see them bicker throughout this episode. And I'm like, well, obviously, the, the, like if I didn't know that Galadriel technically at this point in the story is already married to Celeborn. Wait, what? Galadriel's married? Yeah. In the first age, she is already married to Celeborn, who is her partner that we see in the Fellowship of the Ring when they go to Lorien. Hmm. He's kind of there just standing next to her. <laughs> She's okay. the main, Kate Blanchett is the main feature. If I didn't know that like Celeborn is supposed to be in the picture, if we're going off of Tolkien canon, I would immediately be like, well, obviously these two are going to be enemies to lovers. Listen, Galadriel can cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, was Galadriel that faithful this entire time? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Listen, listen. Galadriel can have a little, a little side piece, yeah, a little side action. No judgment. You think, you think that thousands of years they couldn't? You think they were just only each other? Thousands of years. Come on. They maybe they have an open relationship. You know what? That's true. I'm assuming a lot about Celeborn and Galadriel's relationship that we have not yet seen on screen. They could be Maybe on a break. Maybe they have an open relationship. <laughs> they were on a break. Maybe they're on a break. <laughs> they were, we were on a break. She's going to come back and <laughs> it's going to be reversed. She's going to be saying, we were on a break. Exactly. Like, come on. If if he's not willing to destroy everything about Sauron of the Rings, leave him. Leave him. However... I think if what I, I I've heard that Celeborn as a character is going to appear in the show, so it could just be that in this version of the story she hasn't even met him yet. I don't I don't know, but like tell me I'm not crazy that this episode with Galadriel and Halbrand on the boat, and then there's this huge storm and she gets taken down and he dives in to save her, and they're both. Sopping wet, lying on the raft like Rose and Jack. <laughs> there was room on the raft this time. Except there was room for both of them this time. 
Tell me I'm not crazy that, like, there's some kind of energy going on there. Okay, they're definitely going to at some point. It's going to happen. Because at this point, Galadriel's all hands. All hands. Yes, she's all about revenge. And I feel as though Halbred's supporting her in this journey. He's not trying to change Galadriel. He doesn't want this other Galadriel that he built up, who, how she's supposed to be for elves. Nah. He also wants to throw her, and he understands it. So if they smooch... I'm not going to be upset about it. Good for her. But I hear a lot of people thinking that this guy is Sauron. If Galadriel f- Sauron, she, I would, I would, would yeet myself. That would be so metal. No, I would yeet myself out into Mountain Doom. I swear oh, to God. <laughs> opposite feelings for me. Oh my God. I literally have above my desk right now um, a sign that says Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. No, no. <laughs> Sauron would be the epitome of that. Are you kidding me? Do not me? Sauron. Do not. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, so you're, so, so now what's this you're hearing about Halbrand being the, so if, if, we're seeing Theo have some kind of like darkness in him, obviously. Yes. So, and if yeah. lots of people are thinking Halbrand is Sauron or some iteration mm-hmm. of Sauron, this Halbrand is Theo's dad theory does kind of make a little sense. I let, let it be here. I don't think Halbrand is Sauron because if he was Sauron, he wouldn't have saved Galadriel. Yeah, I think he's just like a guy. I think he's a guy. He might be a dick, but he's just a guy. You know, a lot of humans yeah. are kind of dicks in this show. Or it's just. I don't even think he's a dick necessarily. I think he's just trying to survive in a world where like his village was burned by orcs and then his ship got eaten by a sea monster. <laughs> like, I think he's like, you know what? I'm looking out for me, myself and I. At and this I point. don't blame him. It doesn't make him yeah. Sauron, but it made me think that he might be Theo's dad because he's talking to Galadriel and he's like, and she's like, you found orcs where? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're ashes now. And he says in the South, I don't know my Lord of the Rings maps. I don't know. So correct me if I'm wrong. But we just saw some orcs in the, you know. Mess- the Southlands. In messing with correct. some humans. I wouldn't put it past Halbrand to maybe have a kid younger than he wanted. Or maybe he was in town, met Bronwyn. They smooshed a little bit, you know. Did a little horizontal token tango. And peaced out and never called her again. That seems like something Hal Brand would do. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. And then he said, oh, you don't know who your father is. If this guy is important, maybe, and he has that little necklace on, maybe he's some king of something, royal lineage. We see him in the trailer with armor so he can fight. He's some kind of soldier, something important. I think he just left his baby mama, went on a ship, Got eaten by a worm and it didn't go well. And those are the orcs he was talking about because they're attacking humans. That's my guess. That's my. That's okay. just a theory. What do you think? Okay, it's hard to say because we don't know so much still. Mm, okay. But I don't think that is so. It, it's definitely like not a wild theory. I think that's extremely valid, and I think that's could be. I mean, like. At this point, you know, so many things are a possibility, but I think that could be more of a possibility than others. Eventually, I don't know. eventually these storylines have to come together. 
And that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just watching a whole bunch of people flop around. Exactly. You know? And in Galadriel, where's the Galadriel want to go? Where the orcs are. And where do we see orcs? Messing with the humans in the Southlands. So I, that's my guess. I'm probably wrong because I'm not an expert. But you never know. They change a lot of things. No, I think that. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that sounds great. And and stop saying because you're not an expert. Everyone <laughs> can watch this show and make their theories and be just as right as the next person. <laughs> She's no, made clear. She approves that's this message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's also why I brought you on. I mean, obviously, you're a wonderful person and great oh, creator. Thanks. But I know that you're more of a compared to the Don, the Don Marshall <laughs> New Beta group. I'm a layman. You're more of the casual end of Lord of the Rings fandom. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you to hear, like, how are you following the plot lines and the characters and mm. making predictions and... It sounds to me like you're, I mean, like you're obviously just as able to be invested in it as everyone else. And so I think to the the show runners and and writers credit, I think they've done a good job with that. Because I think a lot of people were worried of like, is this show just going to be for the crazy people who have read the Silmarillion? Um, Or is it going to be for for the masses and i think it's definitely for the masses yeah and like <laughs> i had a beef with because you ever watch harry potter movies like without the context of the books because those are unintelligible without the books they really are like i i i don't think they're unintelligible because i it, it's hard because i watched movies one through five before i had read any of the books and then six to the end, I had read everything by then. But I was also a kid. I mean, young. I was in, you know, middle school when I was watching the movies without the context of the book. And in my mind, it all kind of made sense. Sure, you missed some of the details, <laughs> the finer details. Mm. But when, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, for example, mm. a great Easter egg in this episode for... Uh, a lot of the huge lore people it is the conversation that Celebrimbor and Elrond have where they're talking about Feanor and they're talking about his hammer and the Silmarils. And it's so funny to see elves talking with such reverence about Feanor because I was just, he is a main character in the first part of the Silmarillion mm. because he causes so much chaos <laughs> and so much drama. He is the drama. <laughs> he leads a kin slaying. <gasps> he leads an exile out of Valinor. Mm. He he does a lot of things, right? He does a lot of things. <laughs> and okay. so it was really interesting for me having that context to watch the elves talk about him with such reverence. Because in my mind, they, they really glossed over what Feanor did because... Elrond says, like, it's so crazy that this hammer created so much beauty and also destruction or, or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, similar to what he said. So I appreciate that they have those moments for the people who like the lore. And then you can come on my podcast and, and get the, the, the tea. <laughs> the scoop. <laughs> <laughs> the tea on Feanor, you know, find out what this beef was. Um, Damn. Yeah. It's just, I mean, 
number one, the hammer was a little small, but I was like, hey, this guy, he's a little small hammer. But specifically in Harry Potter, I did not give a about Dobby. I did not shed a single tear when that. So mean. Okay. But people who read the books were like, no, he did this shit. He did that. I'm like, no, he didn't. I get that. He disappeared yeah. for five minutes. What are you talking about? He wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, he is present throughout all of, pretty much all of the books in some way, shape, or form. I don't get that context. But they're acting like it was like the JFK assassination on, in the movie. It was. <laughs> Death to Dobby. I said it right here. On, that's what I'm talking about. The death to Dobby. I brought you into this podcast, and I can take you right back out. <laughs> um, okay, Dobby. let's move on real quick to a little bit of a like final plot line. There's still like so much that we didn't talk about, but we do need to talk a bit more about the Harfoots and the Stranger of oh, yeah. Nori and Poppy discovering the creature the person they don't even know if he's human poppy says no if he was a man he that would have killed him so they have no idea what he is i love the scene of again the the harfoot elders walking through the village talking about like what these omens mean because they all saw the meteor and then like in the background you see like a blanket disappear and then you see (laughs) and then you see like a little hot um i keep saying hobbit but like that you know they are the predecessor to the hobbits um you you see the little harfoots running in the background to grab the lanterns and i i love that little bit of mischief um and they're wheeling the the man, the stranger, up a hill, and they stop and fight at one point, and then he like wheels back down. I appreciated those like fu- those little bits of like hobbity goodness, you know. <laughs> I appreciate it because some amount of levity was needed in this episode because everybody was kind of getting kicked in the teeth for a hot second. Love the Harfoots; they're awesome. They're cute, super duper cute. I'm wondering what the holdup with the stranger is because. It's, it's only one or two possibilities. In my head, this is coming from the layman. But I'm like, he's a wizard of some sort. I mean, he's definitely not an elf. He's definitely, he definitely has some... Like, I was like, doesn't Gandalf like bugs? He's talking to bugs, you know? I, doesn't I, Gandalf I, like bugs? I don't yeah, know. When does that yeah. happen? He, he, uh, he talks to a little butterfly and it sends a message. And okay, the moth. That's right. To the eagles. See, okay. See, Gandalf likes bugs. It's canon. Don't, don't, don't turn away this podcast. I'm an expert too, according to Barry. <laughs> I was like, okay, he likes bugs. He might not be Gandalf, but he may be a wizard. One of the blue ones that no one talks about. You know, but like, I know I'm, everyone's like, oh yeah, the blue wizards, and I'm like, cool. Never met them. Never heard of them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. I would love to see a blue wizard. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be very cruel to do that, and I don't see the show making him turn. I heard that some people think that he's a Balrog. That would be mean. That would be very mean if he was a Balrog and he just killed all the Harfoots. You know? Oh my god. Yeah, because we are kind of forming a bit of kind of like a Tarzan connection here where mm-hmm. he, Nori is like signing to him like her name and she's bringing him food um but he's not quite understanding it the way that she's explaining it and he's like writing all these things that they're trying to understand and so like seeing and we we end the episode um with or we end their plot line 
Um, he has used the fireflies in the lantern and formed them into like constellations. And Nori says, I know, I'm assuming she's ta- she's referring to, to Haddock's like symbol book, his book that he has. And she's like, I think I know where we can find that. But then all the fireflies die. It's this very, you see a moment of joy from both of the girls where they're like, oh my gosh, he's making the fireflies. And Poppy says, she's like, I don't know. I don't speak firefly. (laughs) And, And so like, it's a very like sweet moment, but then it's a little bit ominous too, because it's like, oh, but he killed something. So he like drained the fireflies of their life. So it's like still that touch of mystery. So it would be rough if it is, you know, Sauron or it is a Balrog, that it turns into something evil because we're watching him discover and connect with the world, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it goes against the, I guess, thesis statement of the show. If he is someone bad, it feels as though it goes against the message of the show is to, because I, I remember the, I guess they kind of said the thesis statement, Galadriel said when she's talking to her brother about the stone sinking, but we must rise above the, you know, but we don't know if we made the right decision until we touch the darkness, you know. I think that's where they're going with it. Because Nori is also making a similar decision of, I don't mm-hmm. know if I made the greatest decision helping you. We shall see. Yeah. But it would run contrary to that to be like, no, you, you, you touched the darkness and you still failed. You know, that doesn't seem very hopeful to me, you know? It's something that I I talked about a lot with Chris in our post show for the previous episode. I'm interested to see where the show is going to go because the ending is basically, I mean, I don't really, I don't know about the events of the second age, but I know Mm -hmm. that it can only lead to like destruction and that it's not going to be good guy, like good guys win, we've defeated evil ending because obviously evil is not truly over and defeated until some hobbits take a ring to a mountain, you know? (laughs) So like, it's hard to see what's going to happen when, and like how they're going to do it in like a hopeful and entertaining, but also not a soul crushing way. Um, Because like that's Game of Thrones thing to like, have it be mm-hmm. violent and crazy and yeah we're killing off characters left and right that's not tolkien that's not lord of the rings and middle earth like they're here to tell a story about this world and people coming together against forces of darkness and stuff and so like i'm interested to see how they're going to do that when so when i think circling back to what we talked about th- at the beginning with the dwarves like we know that a lot of these endings are going to not be great and there's going to be war and battle and not good Mm -hmm. stuff you know okay to end us on a little bit of a happier note what was your favorite moment from this episode it's the elevator conversation between elrond and durin it's it's the greatest it could you felt it you know what i mean i feel like people often look for the most acting when it comes to like good scenes but i think the subtlety of Durin goes unappreciated, underappreciated, in that you feel that it hurt him. It's not anger coming out, but a real hurt that yeah. he planted this tree, hoping that his friend would see it one day and share in the glory of him starting a family with Disa. And man, and he only came because he needed something. 
that yeah. hurt. And that really came across. So props to Durin and Elrond for making that scene sing so well. Just like the caves that Deez is going to sing to. Yeah, excited to see that. My favorite moment is the also with the dwarves. And it's when the two little dwarf children come running down the stairs and they're wearing the like giant helmets or something. <laughs> And they're giggling and like their giggles are echoing inside of it. And they're like running into each other. Disa and Doran are yelling at them. They're like, I told you to stay out of my heads. And like, all right, you're supposed to be in bed. And like, let's go back. And you just hear them giggling. And again, it's a note. It's a note to what Elrond says later, which is, you know, how can this tree not grow in this home where there is clearly so much love? And I just love that little bit of the it you don't get to see little cutesy children in in this world. Um and so I just love that little brief moment of of levity of seeing the little the little dwarf children hobbling around in the background so cute until they all die. <laughs> Those ones get out. I don't know what you were talking about. Uh uh Those ones make it out. Mm -hmm. I wanted to call out the actors who play Elrond and Durin just because we keep saying how great they were. Robert Aramayo is Elrond and Owain Arthur is Durin. Shout out to them. I know they're listeners. Wait, are they? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Darn. Absolutely not. And then, do you have any other predictions and theories? If Sauron, if I had to put a guess on who Sauron would be, as of episode two. I don't think we've seen Sauron yet. I like, I mean, he could be. I mean, what if it's Elrond? He could be. What him. if Elrond is Sauron? That's a theory. Oh my god, it would make sense because he tricked Durin. Oh, oh my gosh, I think Elrond is Sauron. Like, what if Elrond has been... I think we've cracked it. I think we did. And that's what I'm talking about. I do have a theory. I usually don't have theories or predictions, but I did see one that I wanted to share. And I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but... So at the very... Towards the end of the, like, dwarf side of the plot, Durin goes to talk to his father, um, the king, about the elves. And King Durin is worried that the elves are there to steal whatever they have found or created. And they open up this box and it's shiny in their faces, but we don't see what's inside it yet. I've heard people say it's mithril that's inside it, which is the special material that the dwarves fi- uh, mine and that Ooh. Bilbo's chainmail is made out of that he passes on to Frodo. And that's, I, I don't know if what's in that box is any more important in the future, but I've just seen that in that box is mithril. Okay, I thought it was the Arkenstone or a Cimmeril. Uh? I thought the same, yeah. Because, okay, so Cimmerils are like the stones, right? They're fancy, schmancy stones that Feanor made, right? So, technically, all of them have been either destroyed or lost by this point. The, the Silmarils meet their end. One of them is... <laughs> This is going to sound insane. One of them is in the sky. There's, it's Elrond's dad, actually, is in the sky. Yeah, Elrond's dad is in the sky. (laughs) 
and has one of the Silmarils. And he's like a con he's a star or a constellation or something. I don't it's not super clear, but he has one of the Silmarils and he's up in the sky doing something. Okay. One of the Silmarils was it fell into like a crack of magma and was destroyed and taken down to like the depths of the earth. So that's gone. But one of them, it says was like thrown into the deeps of the ocean. And I'm like, yeah, but an ocean can easily wash that up again. You know? Yeah. Ah. I, I think if the the... I think if the Tolkien talk experts were here, they would be telling us, no, it's not the Silmaril. It's Here's not the, the Arkenstone. Are they shiny? I think it I think it would be really cool if it ended up being the Silmaril that was in the ocean and it got washed up on shore. I don't think that is what happened. Why not? Why not? But, think about it. Think about it. Like they, I remember the show when I was talking about, oh, we don't want to contradict Tolkien. But that's not a contradiction. It washed up on the shore. Oh, no. What are you going to do? I think that one would be a really risky move on, on the writer's part with the Tolkien heads in the <sighs> audience. If they all of a sudden just revealed that there was still a Silmaril. I, I think by the time this show's end, we will see a Silmaril. It might not be the one in the chest. But I think it's a Cimarron. That's my guess. Or the okay. Arkenstone. Or the Arkenstone. I also want it to be one of those two things rather than Mithril, because I think that's just a very plain explanation. I want it to be I want it to be something cool and mystical and magical. So we'll see. Okay, let's end this episode before Zoom ends it for us. <laughs> For the millionth time. Justin, thank you for coming on and talking about this episode and and sharing your perspectives. Um, they're very much appreciated. Even though I'm not All a of them. nerd. Even if you're not a lore master. Uh, I try my best, you know? But you are one. We're all lore masters. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me wherever toys are sold. On the internet, at uh, Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok, at Freddy's Roommate. But if you're really feeling dangerous and you want to see my face more and you love breakfast items, you should totally give Denny's a follow. <laughs> yes, give Denny's would... a follow. They're bringing back the Hobbit-themed breakfast. No, 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 Don't you dare. Don't you dare. No, it's not. Don't you dare. <laughs> Actually, okay, if you're listening to this and you follow Denny's because of that's what I'm talking about, I need you to go to the Onion Ring video that I made about Lord of the Rings and I need you to comment something like, uh, Mary Clay has a Cimarill. If And I'll know it came from this podcast. That, that's it. That's all I'm asking. Please, someone <laughs> make this man's day and comment that on the Denny's account. I would love for the Denny's execs to be reading the comments being like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it at Tolkien About Pod. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at MC WhatsApp, and you can follow me on Instagram at MC Turn Down for What. Justin, do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, make sure you drink plenty of water and uh, make sure you dispose of your Cimarrells properly in a safe fashion. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Oh my
like you're gone again. Oh no! Hello. Rest in peace, Mary Clay. Ugh. Rest in peace, Mary Clay. She is a frozen on the zoom. Cause the power. Oh no. She's supplying. It's not electrifying. You better shape up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Cause you need a man. I need a man. And my heart is set on you. You better shape up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You better understand. To my heart, I must be true. Nothing left. Nothing left for Nothing me, left to for me to do. You're the one that I want. You're the one that I want, babe. You are the one I want. Mary Clay, you, you're so frozen. Do, 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 do. Boop, boop, boop.